You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. Don't struggle to align your organization's cybersecurity with business risk. Get the only solution that goes beyond reacting to threats with vulnerability and risk monitoring. You need the next evolution of MDR, and only Critical Start delivers it. Critical Start doesn't just monitor and respond to threats. They put you in control by detecting suspicious activities, quickly responding to contained threats, and identifying your most critical assets and protecting them against vulnerabilities and exposures. With continuous visibility, expert guidance, and measurable risk reduction, Critical Start has redefined what it means to manage cyber risk. Demonstrate provable security maturity to your leadership while positioning your program to achieve the greatest risk reduction per dollar spent. Stop fearing risk and start managing it with Critical Start. Visit criticalstart.com and request a demo today. That's criticalstart.com. It's always DNS, but that may just be FUD. The DOD notifies victims of a cloud email server leak. New Jersey cops sue online data brokers. Crooks use Wi-Fi jammers to thwart security systems. A copyright case against OpenAI is partially dismissed. Patch Tuesday includes two actively exploited zero days. Charming Cypress gathers political intelligence. Ann Johnson from Microsoft Security's Afternoon Cyber Tea Podcast talks with Frank Salufo, Director for Cyber and Critical Infrastructure Security at the McCrary Institute of Auburn University, about cyber and critical infrastructure. And beware Cupid's misleading arrow. It's Wednesday, February 14th, 2024. I am your Valentine, Dave Bittner, and this is your CyberWire Intel Briefing. Thank you all for joining us here today. It is great to have you with us. We begin today with a word from our It's Always DNS desk, that researchers have uncovered a critical DNSSEC flaw called Keytrap, which could potentially cripple the internet by exploiting a design vulnerability to exhaust CPU resources, Security Week reports. Discovered by Germany's Athene National Research Center for Applied Cybersecurity, Keytrap threatens over 31% of web clients using DNSSEC-validated DNS resolvers risking the availability of essential services like web browsing, email, and instant messaging. Dubbed by some as the most severe DNS attack method, it affects major DNS implementations and providers, including Google and Cloudflare. While patches have been released with the last update on February 13th, fully mitigating Keytrap's threat necessitates a redesign of DNSSEC's core principles— the flaw, present for over two decades, has yet to be exploited maliciously, and security advisories have been issued by major vendors such as Microsoft, Bind, PowerDNS, and NLNet. 
Also from Security Week, and not completely unrelated, comes a report analyzing FUD, Fear, Uncertainty, and Doubt, in cybersecurity. FUD is a marketing strategy historically linked to IBM in the 1970s, implying that IBM products were safe while others were risky. This tactic leverages large, often unverified numbers to instill fear, making it crucial to scrutinize these sorts of figures to avoid falling prey to social engineering. A report mentioning cybercrime costing the global economy $8 trillion highlights the challenges in verifying these sorts of claims. Critics argue that without clear economic and financial analysis expertise, such figures lack independence, evidence-based support, and exaggerate the impact on the global economy. The discussion extends to the broader cybersecurity industry, suggesting FUD marketing persists due to its effectiveness, despite the need for a more nuanced understanding of cybersecurity risks and solutions. The debate underscores the importance of questioning and verifying sensational claims in cybersecurity, advocating for a more informed and critical approach to understanding and addressing cyber threats. The U.S. Department of Defense has informed approximately 20,000 individuals of a data breach involving an unsecured government cloud email server that leaked sensitive emails to the public Internet. This incident, caused by a misconfiguration on a server hosted on Microsoft's cloud for government customers, occurred between February 3rd and February 20th of 2023. The leaked information, discovered by security researcher Anurag Sen, included internal military emails, some related to U.S. Special Operations Command and sensitive personnel data. The DOD has addressed the server's security issue, removed it from public access, and is working with the security provider to enhance cybersecurity measures. The delay in notifying affected individuals has not been explained. In New Jersey, around 20,000 law enforcement personnel have filed class-action lawsuits against 118 data brokers for failing to remove their personal information from the Internet, violating a state law designed to protect their privacy. The law, known as Daniel's Law, mandates the removal of home addresses and phone numbers for law enforcement officials and their families within 10 days of a request, with non-compliance incurring a $1,000 fine per violation. The legal action could result in at least $2.3 billion in fines for the data brokerage industry, reflecting the scale of the alleged privacy breaches. The lawsuits were initiated after these brokers did not respond to removal requests, which officers say exposed them to significant risks, including threats and attempted violence from criminal organizations. Data privacy advocates argue this situation underscores the broader need for stringent regulation of data brokers to protect all citizens. Police in Edina, Minnesota, have reported a series of burglaries involving criminals using Wi-Fi jammers to temporarily disable homeowners' connected security systems. Over the past six months, it's believed that perpetrators have employed this technique in nine robberies targeting affluent neighborhoods where homes are unoccupied during the day. The criminals steal high-end luxury items such as safes and jewelry once inside. Despite being illegal under federal law, Wi-Fi jammers can still be purchased online from outside the United States, 
and there have been cases of these devices being used to evade connected home security systems in the past. Some ways to mitigate risks include using hardline cameras that connect directly to local storage and installing security alarms and lights that do not rely on wireless networks. A California court has partially dismissed a copyright case against OpenAI involving six authors, including comedian Sarah Silverman, who accuse OpenAI's ChatGPT of copyright infringement. The allegations include direct copyright infringement, vicarious infringement, violation of the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, negligence, and unjust enrichment. OpenAI requested to have all counts except for the main claim, which alleges direct copyright infringement, dismissed. Judge Araceli Martinez-Alguin agreed with OpenAI's request and threw out claims of vicarious copyright infringement, DMCA violations, negligence, and unjust enrichment. The court found no evidence of unlawful business practices or fraudulent conduct related to unfair competition. The remaining claims hinge on proving direct infringement. Microsoft's February 2024 Patch Tuesday addresses 73 security vulnerabilities, including two actively exploited zero days and five critical issues spanning denial of service, remote code execution, information disclosure, and elevation of privilege. The updates fix a range of flaws, notably 30 remote code execution and 16 elevation of privilege vulnerabilities, alongside others. Notably fixed are two zero days, a Windows smart screen bypass, and an internet shortcut file bypass. Additionally, other tech giants like Adobe, Cisco, and Google have released patches. Digging into the Microsoft Defender smart screen zero day, Trend Micro reports that the Water Hydra threat group, also known as Dark Casino, exploited this zero-day vulnerability to target financial traders. This campaign utilized the flaw to bypass security checks and deploy dark me malware through internet shortcut files. The attack involved convincing victims to click on malicious URLs disguised as stock chart images on Forex forums, leading to a complex infection chain that evaded smart screens protections. Iranian threat group Charming Cyprus, also known as Charming Kitten, APT-42 or TA-453, has been actively gathering political intelligence on international targets, focusing on journalists, think tanks, and NGOs. Security firm Veloxity says the group employs innovative social engineering and phishing techniques, engaging in extended conversations before sending malicious links. A notable tactic includes the use of malware-infected VPN applications to facilitate access to a bogus webinar platform, effectively deploying backdoors in victims' systems. This approach was highlighted in campaigns where individuals were lured into downloading a VPN client under the pretense of attending a webinar, only to install malware such as Powerless for Windows users and Knock Knock for macOS users enabling Charming Cyprus to control and access their devices. The operation reflects the group's sophisticated methods of targeting and exploiting individuals for intelligence-gathering purposes. Coming up after the break, Ann Johnson from Afternoon Cyber Tea talks with Frank Salufo, 
Director for Cyber and Critical Infrastructure Security at the McCrary Institute of Auburn University. Stay with us. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Ann Johnson is the host of Microsoft Security's Afternoon Cyber Tea Podcast, right here on the CyberWire Podcast Network. In her most recent episode, she speaks with Frank Salufo, Director for Cyber and Critical Infrastructure Security at the McCrary Institute of Auburn University about cyber and critical infrastructure. Here's a segment from their conversation. Today, I'm joined by Frank Salufo, who is the director of the McCrary Institute of Cyber and Critical Infrastructure Security at Auburn University, which fuses theory with practice and policy with technology to protect and advance U.S. interests in the areas of national and economic security. Frank is routinely called upon to advise senior officials in the executive branch, U.S. armed services, and state and local governments on an array of matters related to national and homeland security strategy and policy. Before joining Auburn, Frank served in senior roles at George Washington University, where he founded and led the Center for Cyber and Homeland Security. Prior to GW, Frank served in the White House. Immediately after the attacks of September 11, 2001, he was appointed the Special Assistant to the President for Homeland Security. Welcome to Afternoon Cyber Tea, Frank. Thank you, Anne. Pleasure to be here and look forward to our conversation. Cyber is obviously a huge issue. You don't have to go far to read any headline to see that. But there are other common trends that we are seeing in the way of how threats are attacking critical infrastructure and national security. Can you talk a little bit about the macro issues you are tracking and what the implications are of those issues? Sure. And 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 not to sound philosophical here, because you certainly don't want philosophy from me, but 
the reality is, is whereas technology may change, human nature remains pretty consistent. And uh, uh, unfortunately, a number of our adversaries are, are turning to computer network attack and cyber means to achieve their diplomatic, military, and economic objectives. I, I think one of the greatest challenges here, though, is that a lot of our true resources, capabilities, and value are in the hands of the private sector. And few in the private sector went into business thinking they have to defend themselves against nation-state threats, criminals at scale, uh, and the like. The industry has been thinking about the cybersecurity of critical infrastructure for quite some time. I don't know that, you know, our maturity level is where it needs to be, but there's certainly been significant improvements in awareness and capabilities over the past several years. But can you give us a sense for what is typically included in the definition of critical infrastructure? How has that definition evolved over time from the time you started working post the, you know, 9-11 attacks until now? And what needs to evolve even further? That's a great question. Lots to unpack there. I'll start with some of the definitional points because by and large, at least the way the U.S. government defines critical infrastructure, this was promulgated in a presidential decision directive, 21, has not been updated since 2013. World's changed a bit since then. In that designation, they identified 17 sectors to be critical I think many of those sectors uh, remain critical. Not all are equally uh, as resilient and, and, and as secure as uh, I would hope. But by and large, there, there, there is recognition inside those 17 critical infrastructure sectors uh, to be able to move the ball. As we speak, the, uh, the, the current administration is updating PDD-21, mandated by Congress. They're, I think, a little behind the eight ball in, in, in uh, moving that forward. But all things said and done, this is an opportunity to, to sort of take a strategic look to see if we're, we're on target and to see if anything has raised up to that designation of a critical infrastructure. Are there sectors of critical infrastructure that you believe are more at risk than others? And if so, why? And what should the leaders in those sectors be thinking about and be doing differently? You know, that's a great question. I wish there were an empirically based, simple response to that. But when you look at dependency and 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 the essential nature of electricity, I, I think that has to be at the top of anyone and everyone's list. If you don't have power, I don't care what else is up and running, you've got issues. And and I do think you've seen massive improvement of the utilities and the energy companies recognizing not only out of their own goodwill and and hearts but from scar tissue they're they're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of activity in that domain and are treating uh, the risk commensurately i would say financial services clearly is at the top of everyone's list. And uh, again, not always uh, because they're doing the right thing, but they're in the business of business. Be sure to check out the Afternoon Cyber Tea podcast right here on the CyberWire Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts.
Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And finally, it's Valentine's Day, which means one thing, online scams. An analysis from Bitdefender reveals that a quarter of Valentine's Day-themed spam emails are scams targeting online shoppers with fraudulent offers on gifts like jewelry and flowers. Originating mostly from the U.S., these scams pose a significant risk of financial loss, employing sophisticated phishing techniques, including the use of AI to create highly personalized and convincing messages. Scammers set up fake websites and offer too-good-to-be-true deals or contests to win cash prizes or vouchers. Experts warn of the importance of recognizing phishing signs, such as unsolicited links or requests for sensitive information, and advise against interacting with suspicious emails. They also highlight the increasing use of QR codes in scams, urging caution and recommending measures like inspecting URLs, avoiding unexpected QR scans, and securing accounts with strong passwords and multi-factor authentication to protect against these sorts of threats. Seems like Cupid's arrows have been replaced with fishing hooks this Valentine's. Roses are red, violets are blue. Fishing scams are rampant. Don't let them catch you. And that's the Cyberwire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. We'd love to know what you think of this podcast. You can email us at cyberwire at n2k.com. We're privileged that N2K and podcasts like The Cyberwire are part of the daily intelligence routine of many of the most influential leaders and operators in the public and private sector, as well as the critical security teams supporting the Fortune 500 and many of the world's preeminent intelligence and law enforcement agencies. N2K Strategic Workforce Intelligence optimizes the value of your biggest investment, your people. We make you smarter about your team while making your team smarter. Learn more at n2k.com. This episode was produced by Liz Stokes. Our mixer is Trey Hester with original music by Elliot Peltzman. Our executive producers are Jennifer Iben and Brandon Karp. Our executive editor is Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the 
best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.